You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. In this podcast, you'll hear insider tips to sidestep stress and walk into your wedding season feeling educated, confident, and empowered to discover your bridal vibe and wear it with style. What's better than a subscription box filled with organic spa items, sweet treats, snacks, and an irresistible book that you won't be able to put down? Um, yeah, I can't think of anything better either. I'm so excited that my favorite women-owned bookstore right here in the Seattle area is starting their Heroines Quarterly Subscription Box, where you can be the heroine of your own story. This is the perfect bookish self-care box, and you're going to want to get in on their prologue box, which features the book Good Company by Cynthia Dupree Visit awaywithwordsbookshop.com to order your first box. Pre-orders start April 7th. Today we are in for a special treat and you as listeners have a two for one deal going on because we have two seamstresses in the house for this podcast episode. I am here with Andra Vandermurray from Chattanooga, Tennessee. She is a fellow bridal seamstress and I came across her Instagram account a few years ago when I first started just really narrowing down my clients to working with brides. And um, I just loved her feed and her photos. And she became a little mentor for me and we'd message back and forth. And so I'm so excited, Andrew, that you're here in person. Well, via Zoom, but it feels like it's in person and that you're going to be sharing your story with us and giving us your own expertise. So thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on. (laughs) So how about we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your business in Tennessee? Absolutely. So I'm probably really, I'm the youngest, one of the youngest seamstresses out there. Um, (laughs) so definitely one of the younger ones. Um, I have been sewing basically since nine years old. So I get asked a lot, like, how long have you been doing this? Or mm-hmm. what, you know, how, how much experience do you have? Cause I know <laughs> it, it kind of scares people sometimes when I come in, they're expecting somebody who's maybe more towards their sixties or seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I've been sewing since about nine years old. Um, when I was in high school, I started actually learning bridal alterations. I was able to connect with another bridal seamstress, um, in the kind of Chattanooga area. And she took me on and taught me how to alter prom dresses, bridal gowns, bridesmaids dresses, just any type of really formal wear. Um, and she kind of helped me start my own business. So I am my own business entity. I have a business license. Um, all that good stuff. But she had, although she was her own business, she partnered with some local bridal stores and they would kind of send her clients. So eventually she decided, she ended up needing to go out on maternity leave and just asked if I would like to fill in um, with the bridal shops. So we set me up as a business in like the spring of, I think, 20 or in the summer of 2016. And I started my business, was all ready to go, super excited. And then I think I made maybe $400 in the first six months. I had to (laughs) kind of scrape by to just get whatever clients I could, worked another part-time job, um, literally just scraping by what I could because I just knew from the get-go, this is just what I wanted to do. It's what I had a passion for. Um, And it was definitely a need that I saw in my community because Mm -hmm. so many seamstresses were of that older age. They were kind of getting on a little bit. 
Um, and I just really felt like that somebody who's younger would want a younger seamstress to work with, would feel more yeah. comfortable with somebody younger. Yeah. So I just scraped by for six months <laughs> until the bridal store in January of 2017 finally said, okay, we're going to give you a trial run. We're going to let you do prom this year. Let's just see how you do. So wow. I ended up doing prom dresses and eventually they finally trusted me and I trusted myself <laughs> with their bridal gowns. Yeah. That's and... a big deal too, is trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's yeah. so hard because this type of business, it really depends on like that word of mouth like organic growth, you know? So we have this anticipation of like, okay, I got my business license and now the crowds are going to start flooding. And it's like, well, not yet because you almost Mm -hmm. have to like prove yourself in the business first before, you know, all the clients start rushing to you. So that is so cool that you had other women like in your corner and giving you that opportunity and starting you with the prom dresses, which those aren't necessarily easy. Like, let's get real. Some no. of those prom dresses, like all the sequence and the beating, it's like, oh my goodness. But that's <laughs> that's great <laughs> that they were like trusting you with what they would consider the baby steps before, yes. you know, working with brides. And I love what you said about um, just that comfort level with working with brides. And Absolutely. I mean, yes, I, I, I guess I, I want to be sensitive, but that relatability, I said, I think like speaks mm-hmm. volumes, you know, and really can set a bride at ease. And when she sees that she's working with a peer that mm-hmm. really understands like, like you were just married recently. So that's like, oh, yeah. you have that recent experience. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so what made you, since you've been sewing for so long, like what made you know that you wanted to sew specifically for brides as opposed to like doing upholstery or general alterations or whatever? Mm -hmm. So alterations kind of the the general rule of alterations is if it looks good, it's good. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of the way I've always since I was little sewn. My mother's a quilter. Quilting is very mathematical. It's all about shapes and getting just every little, you know, inch happening. Corners. Exactly. She's very, (laughs) very precise and geometric. And Mm -hmm. that just drove me up the wall. I wanted to just sew the way I wanted. I wanted it to look good Mm -hmm. and I didn't care about the rest of it. Yeah. So alterations, basically all of my teachers have always said, if it looks good and stays together, that's it. That's yeah. how it is. Sometimes it doesn't make mathematical sense, right? But if it looks good on her. That's what you go with. Um, yeah. So that really kind of resonated with me. And then just as I got to, you know, working a little bit more in my community, I just really realized that for brides, um, there just is not really anybody, um, around that age to do any type mm-hmm. of alterations. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to, you know, like fashion anybody or anything. It's just, it is about comfort. A lot yeah. of brides, when they do kind of start talking with me and realizing I both have the experience as well as, um, for fun nature, like I didn't, job. Yeah. We can start talking about wedding colors and hair and they'll get kind of advice. Like, what have you seen for this neckline or what mm-hmm. do you recommend for jewelry? Um, different oh, yeah. things like that. It just really, it seems so much resonating. There's just so much of a need in my area for that. Mm-hmm. And, and really it feels like I'm play dress up every day. Yes. Like that's, <laughs> That's kind of the best way to sum it up. <laughs> That's so true. We get to play dress up and just love that. Yes. So if you're listening and maybe you are a sewist or a seamstress, do you use the word sewist ever? Mm-hmm. I feel like, because I'm like, like general sewing. 
Yeah. Um, it seems like sometimes I say it and I'm like, is that really a word? But anyway, um, Instagram doesn't spell check me if I use it. So I guess it is a word, but if you're listening and you're a sewist, you're not a bride, keep this episode in mind because, you know, I want to circle back to this, um, maybe a few episodes down the road, or maybe I'll get you back to talk about this very topic, but the need for bridal seamstresses because bridal Mm -hmm. seamstresses are a retiring breed, you know, so, um, we kind of need a new generation to rise up. So this is really exciting. And I feel like I remember maybe it was 2018. Is that when things really, what year did things really take off for you? Um, definitely 2018 partially mm-hmm. cause I really cemented my own partnerships, okay. but also it seems like weddings just kind of exploded. Yeah. Like in, in my area, in the Chattanooga area, it's kind of a hot spot actually for destination weddings. Really? So I've gotten brides. Yeah. I've gotten brides as far as away as like Austin, Texas, who just wanted their dress to be close to their actual wedding. I've had brides drive up from Atlanta. I've had come, some come down from Nashville, from North Carolina, South Carolina, like it's kind of depending on where you are. Wow. I feel like 2018 is definitely was the year that it kind of all exploded. Wow. That is so exciting that it's already like you're there. That's such a cool, yeah. um, like progression that happened so fast. So mm-hmm. you mentioned this a little bit earlier, um, that you're a partner seamstress and, um, listeners probably don't understand, I know that's, it's still kind of foggy for me even. So can you share the differences between being a partner seamstress or an in-house seamstress um, and like boutique service alterations? Absolutely. So what most people think of when they think of a seamstress is typically somebody in-house. So what that means is somebody who actually is an employee of the bridal store. They are there in the back room with the sewing machine that you probably hear in the background. (laughs) If they ask, you know, okay, let's just ask the seamstress if she can add straps or if she can do this. They're the one, she's the one that they pull from the back of the house um, to answer questions. And then typically um, their schedule, you schedule your alterations through the bridal store. So if you're calling the bridal store and actually scheduling your fitting through them, you're working with an in-house and a few bridal boutiques. Also, if they say your alterations are included, that means you're working with an in-house seamstress. Oh, Um, okay. mm -hmm. A partner seamstress is actually my style of business. And they're somebody who actually does not work for the store. So it's kind of like an independent contractor. So I'm actually in the store with the bridal shops, working with their brides and prioritizing their brides. But I don't actually get paid by the store. I'm not in the back kind of sewing on their machines or anything. Yeah. I come in for my fittings. I fit my girls and then actually take them back to my studio. Um, And this is kind of a less common form of seamstresses. But if they tell you, okay, we have a seamstress, but then they hand you a separate number to book. So you're not actually booking with the bridal store. You're booking with somebody else, mm-hmm. but it's in the bridal shop. This is kind of that form. So again, okay. you'll have a separate number to call, have their own separate schedule um, that kind of falls within the bridal store hours, but it's mm-hmm. not just you kind of come in whenever they say you can. It's just a yeah. little bit different. Your alterations definitely, of course, are going to be extra on top of your dress, typically in that case, mm-hmm. um, because they have their own business license. They have their own schedule. Um, and again, they're only there for sep- for um, for their own actual appointments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
Okay, you mentioned driving the dresses home. Sorry that I got stuck on that. You gave us all Absolutely. like really great info, and then I heard that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Tell me, yep. like, how it's, do you do, how do you do that? Do you stress seems, out? <laughs> not at all. Okay. At first, it, it definitely seemed a little <laughs> stressful, um, but we keep all dresses, of course, in bags. If they don't mm-hmm. come with a bag, I always try to make sure that they do have a bag, which is your first form of covering. Mm-hmm. Um, second off, I've got a, a nice car with a big trunk that all of them fit into. <laughs> um, and then I always tell all my girls, they go literally straight from the boutique to my car. Um, mm-hmm. And then they go from my car to my studio. They yeah. do not stay anywhere else. So if your dress is not in the boutique, it's in my studio. And if it's not in my studio, it's in my boutique. Yeah. And I have a very high standard for my studio. We vacuum it probably about three at least times a week. Um, and we just really, I keep a really high standard yeah. for my studio. So it sounds super scary, but <laughs> it's no different than if you were to go to an outside alteration shop right. and go to their space. It's the right. same difference. The really nice thing, if you're dealing with somebody kind of like me, is that you only meet them in the bridal shop. So it's very easy for That's a lot really of brides. Convenient. They don't have to, yeah, they don't have to, first off, they don't have to worry about carrying their dresses. Their exactly. Car, exactly. Like, or yeah, finding a place little... to store it in the meantime, like in mm-hmm. between buying the dress and then finding a seamstress. Find yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's so a how little, many... That's a little more scary for me. I'm like, don't be careful with your dress. Don't drink coffee <laughs> that day. Don't <laughs> grab some Chick-fil-A on the way. I get a little more scared when brides say they're carrying their dresses. But since I do it every day, it's just such a common occurrence. And we even make sure like my car stays clean. It's a very, I have very high standards um, yeah. because, you know, I work with bridal gowns all the time. I Seriously. like to ensure that they stay just perfect. And yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> do you have a, a system. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But again, it's, it's no different a little bit than kind of what you do, which is you do that like a boutique seamstress, which is kind of like the third category of Mm -hmm. bridal seamstresses. So you have your own space. You're, you don't necessarily work for a bridal store. You don't particularly partner with a bridal store. Mm -hmm. Although oftentimes bridal stores, if they hand you kind of a list of seamstresses, right. those are typically boutique seamstresses. Mm-hmm. So those might be people that they know or they know are good, but they're not necessarily partners. So you right. would call that boutique seamstress, you would get on their books, and then you're taking your dress from the shop to their actual workspace. So yeah. that's kind of the different types of bridal seamstresses. And they kind of each have their pluses and their minuses for right. different reasons, but all of them have super high standards because they work with bridal guns all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do they, do they have to like sign something or is there any kind of like waiver? I know this is the most important dress that you will ever wear in your life. There's a lot of stress to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have actually a contract and any of kind of my alterations friends that I do talk to, we all basically have contracts yeah. and it first <laughs> off kind of helps protect us legally because mm-hmm. there are those brides that you know you see them on say yes to the dress and you're like nobody ever acts like that well somebody somewhere does and so <laughs> it kind of it protects us in that way <laughs> seriously um, I know I just started that recently because I haven't had that experience yet you mm-hmm. know um right. and I I don't anticipate it but it's like you just kind of ass- you want to always assume the best about everybody right. and yeah. I um even just having like all the dresses like in my back room like okay I right. 
I need them to like sign that the dress came in in this condition mm-hmm. and that also I'm attesting that like I'm going to take good care of it. So right. um yeah, it is like this precious commodity. <laughs> Absolutely. Every seamstress that I know has some form of like accountability. Yeah. Um, and I do have like, I even have two sections where they sign one that says the dress is now legally in my care. And that's what we sign at the start of the alterations. And so that like gives them a little more like chill basically, because wow. they're like, okay, if something does happen to it, literally it protects them legally yeah. to say, okay, I signed, it was in your care. This happened in your care. Yeah. And then they sign at the bottom. Once we kind of finish the alterations for them to say, all right, I'm mm-hmm. taking it in the condition that it is. I've looked it over. It looks good. And if something happens kind of from that signing to their wedding, it helps <gasps> protect me in that case. That's a great so, idea mm-hmm. because it, just, it gives peace of mind really. Seriously. And then it's kind of like that built-in trust on both sides. Like, yes. Um, you know, that when you, when you drop the dress off, when you take it home, there's just that like uh, mutual understanding and trust, which mm-hmm. is always beneficial. So how many, um, shops do you partner with? At the moment I partner technically with just one, but mm-hmm. then have two boutiques in the area. Oh, wow. So I work with kind of both dresses from both boutiques and then I'm friends with some other bridal shops. Other yeah. than I prioritize my partner bridal stores. Wow. That is very cool. Well, thank you for all that. I learned so much. I'm like, hey, now I know the difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this kind of has nothing to do with sewing, but a really cool fact about you is that you had two different wedding dresses that you wore <laughs> on your yeah. wedding day. And I want to hear all about that. So where'd you get that idea? And well, I I can just imagine that it was probably hard to narrow it down when you see beautiful dresses every day. Absolutely. It's actually, I think, a really funny story just because I work with wedding dresses all the day. So you'd think that confuses you. But in some ways, I already knew kind of what I wanted um, before I even got engaged. They got in just this one dress by my favorite designer. And I, as soon as I walked in the store, they had it in the front. And I'm like, that's it. That's oh. my dress. That's the one. Like, I don't even need to try it on. Um, I, I know it's the one. <laughs> Um, and they even sold it off the rack and I still ordered it because I just knew that when I got engaged, they didn't even have it in the store, but I knew. Oh it my was goodness. The one. <laughs> so I went ahead before I had a venue or a date or anything. I ordered this dress. Which, um, okay. And- we always tell brides to wait, but you're, yeah. but probably you knew, <laughs> like you just, this is your thing. So it's like, I you actually, can break the rules. I- I didn't. And so I'm going to, uh, there's a moral to the story. And you kind of away my moral. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, 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 I just fell in love with this dress. And so I thought, okay, this is the one I'm going to go ahead and order it. And of course being crafty and you know, the seamstress, I have to like make it my own and have yes. this idea and I'm going to add this and it's just going to be so cool. So I ordered this dress and my, um, now Wait, can you describe I, it? Cause I want to get a visual. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it was basically like big ball gown. It, had, it was a strapless ball gown with a low back. Um, I think honestly it had 10 total layers. I mean, it was ball gown with a super long train, some pleats kind of going on. And then it just in the front had this really pretty ruffle going on mm. with some flowers on the inside. So I had all these ideas, like I wanted to add kind of something blue to it, something old, something new. So I kind of took on that rhyme and just like created almost my own twist on the dress. 
Um, so, so and cool. if y'all want to go to my Instagram on Andrus Finds Tailoring, um, it, there are actually pictures of it on my Instagram as well as my second reception dress. <laughs> so definitely be sure to stop by and check that out. Yes. Um, but yeah, I had this idea. I ordered the dress. I ordered all the supplies I needed to um, to customize it. Um, and typically for some designers, dresses can take anywhere from like four to six months to come in, just depending on their stock, on the designer, that type of thing. So I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to go ahead and get it in, have plenty of time to work on it. And that way I could get it perfect, just the way I wanted. So then my fiance and, or my husband and I started kind of planning our wedding and it turned out, okay, he really wants an outdoor wedding. Like that's just that's his style. Well, he hasn't asked for much. So I'm going to give him this one because he hasn't asked for anything else. So we picked an outdoor venue. Absolutely perfect. Um, and then we picked an end of May date for our wedding. And Mm -hmm. we're here in the South. It gets hot. It gets muggy. It gets a little rough. (laughs) Because you get into summer. So solely outside, there really wasn't even much of an indoors with our venue. Our rain plan was basically that we'd have to have a tent. Like it, there was just no, there was wow. there wasn't much of an indoors. It was a yeah. vintage home. So the home, of course, doesn't have a whole lot of room to go right. inside. Um, so as I'm, you know, kind of planning this out, I'm thinking I'm going to have to be outside this whole time taking pictures and dancing and doing all these things. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want this ball gown on like the whole (laughs) night. Um, so I started kind of looking for some type of reception outfit. And originally I just kind of wanted to go with something less expensive because the ball gown was really where I had kind of put, invested a lot of kind of my own budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of kept looking, tried to find some things and nothing just really spoke to me. And at the time, my favorite dress designer actually put forward a Pinterest contest um, and it's one of those things I tell all my brides, if you see a contest, just go ahead and enter it. Like, it doesn't matter how, how little of a chance you think that you'll get, just do it. <laughs> yeah. You, there's no harm in it. There's no reason not to just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually like my husband and I got some of our flowers at cost because we entered a contest, a local contest and nobody else had entered. <gasps> like nobody thought they would get it. Oh my so, goodness. He and I were the only ones to enter it. So all of my brides, I'm like, if there's a florist shop opening and they're giving away flowers, just go, just do it. You never know. (laughs) So I entered this Pinterest contest, threw together a board thinking, oh, it's a fun little Saturday thing. Mm -hmm. No harm. I enjoy putting my little Pinterest Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Perfect excuse to put together my Pinterest board. Um, Put it together and sent it in and probably a, like maybe three or four weeks later, our, my designer emailed me and said, like, you're one of the winners. Oh my goodness. Um, couldn't even believe it. Yeah. So thought about turning it down, but decided, you know, I really do need a second outfit because I don't want to wear this 10 layer dress to this outdoor <laughs> wedding yes. that now is like the deposits down. There's like no changing it. The dress is now in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went ahead and, and ended up picking a dress that would definitely be cooler. It had a low back. It was made of a knitted material, which has mm-hmm. a lot of give to it. Yeah. So I had a lot of comfort and it, that one only had like two layers in it. So yeah. <laughs> a lot cooler, 
and and we just was just able to kind of enjoy my reception a whole lot better and it it actually did ended up being like 90 degrees on our wedding day so so thankful that I had that plan and I'm like I loved my ball gown would not have changed a thing yeah but had I had had I had um already planned my venue, planned my date, I probably would have modified it and taken yeah. out some layers or just kind of planned that in advance mm-hmm. or you know, just changed around the dress in and of itself a little bit. Right. So I do definitely moral of the story is <laughs> it is a little bit better to kind of go ahead and at least have like a vibe that you want to go with. Right. Um, and know definitely when you want your wedding to be like fall, like minimum, no, if it's going to be the fall, the spring, the winter, um, you need to, to have some sort of a vibe, at least if not a venue booked because plans can change. And sometimes you sit down and talk with your fiance and your fiance does say, I have my heart set on an outdoor wedding when your plan was to go to the ritzy hotel downtown, Yeah, you know, just sitting down (laughs) and kind of getting almost like just a little bit of just an overall plan, it helps so much before you purchase your dress. Yeah. And it's so hard because like naturally the first thing you want to do once you get the ring is to like try on dresses and buy, it's like, you know, you're so excited. Like naturally that's going to be your first step, but you're Mm -hmm. so right. I have a, um, I have like a cheat sheet that I give to brides who are asking like advice about, you know, this is before they buy the dress obviously. And it has like seven things to know before you buy the dress, like seven decisions to make. And it's like, sometimes it's really hard, especially with COVID. Like some of those things weren't super predictable because I had brides who, I had one bride who did buy this gorgeous, huge ball gown. And then she's like, actually, now we have to get married in the backyard. So, you know, she got a second dress, but um, it just takes like, it's so hard to make those decisions before doing the fun stuff. So I'm oh, sorry absolutely. that I, sorry that I cut to the chase. I did not mean to interrupt the story, but <laughs> that was a great one with a really good moral. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it does. It, it's so easy to get caught up in. That's the fun part. Yeah. But especially you have to think about it as like you're investing in this wedding. So you mm-hmm. have to think about it almost coming with it, with a plan exactly. because you're investing probably at least you know, a couple thousand, if not a little more. And then the same thing with a dress, even when you go dress shopping, um, working very much. So being in bridal boutiques, I cannot stress if you don't know your budget, when you come into the bridal boutique, like it's just hard for them. They, they really do all of the consultants that I have met, that I have worked with, that I just know personally, they don't want to pull you, you know, the super expensive dress right. that you really can't afford. But if you don't kind of come to the table, knowing your budget, then they're not going to know really. And they're going to be scared first off to pull that more expensive dress when it really might be in your budget, or you might be willing to kind of compromise on other things for the dress, or, you know, they might pull the dress and you've fallen in love. And now that's half your budget going out the door. Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. I just, I need to like listen to this again and write that down and like post it as a (laughs) quote in the show notes. That was excellent. And there is, you know, um, I think like brides and it's, you know, it's totally natural to have all these like really exciting big ideas or plans right. and then just kind of not getting down to the nitty gritty, the budgeting or kind of the 
boring stuff behind the dress, but knowing those things before you even get to the shop is going to help you and it's going to help your stylist. It'll just create a calmer experience and a better one overall. So, oh, really, really good stuff. Um, So, um, and then I guess the second moral of the story is like, if you can buy a reception dress. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a fancy dress. You know, if you want a cute little jumpsuit, like go down to Zillard or wherever and just get yourself a cute little jumpsuit or a romper. And I had a bride a couple years ago who she had her grandmother's beautiful like satin gown and it was this long mm-hmm. sleeve satin ugh, vintage gown. It was stunning, yeah. but it was, again, she got married in May, which in here in Washington, we don't have humidity. And so it was right. warm, but it wasn't like anything like a Chattanooga yeah. May day. Um, <laughs> but so she's like, I'm going to be sweating. I'm not going to be able to like dance or whatever. So she mm-hmm. bought a jumpsuit and it was the cutest thing. It was this halter top. So Abby, if you're listening, she had this halter top jumpsuit and little, like they had like a little flare, the little bell bottoms. It was just adorable. And she's just like, she was this like beautiful little pixie bride. So it was like such this like shocker going from her, like grandmother's vintage gown, maybe it was her aunt. I don't know. It was somebody in her family. And then she Mm -hmm. came out with this really like chic, you know, jumpsuit. It was so cute. So I love that idea. And part of you, like, you want to kind of get your money's worth, right? So you're like, I'm going to wear it yeah. down the aisle and I'm going to wear it to the reception. But you, once you wear like wear it down the aisle and once you get your beautiful pictures, then, and I remember your pictures. I remember some like, mm-hmm. did you have like a birdcage veil? Is that what I'm remembering? So what I had, have in I your hair. Waltz, I had a waltz length veil. And then for my reception, I actually switched because I did love that like wow factor. Yes. Um, I wanted to have like a pop as I entered the reception. So I kind of switched styles, switched from a really nice traditional veil to a flower crown. So okay. kind of like I got two looks in one and yes. that was really fun as well. Um, uh, so kind cool. of when you when you do have a little bit of an outfit, it really does add this kind of fun moment to your wedding where you just pop. And then for me, you know, and this is something that even a lot of brides who do want to change, if they even want to look into this, I think it's a really great idea. For me, I really wanted my dress to, there was a lot of expectation behind my dress. (laughs) Everyone was so excited about it. Um, They, I really wanted them to be able to still see the dress without me necessarily having to kind of look it around. Mm -hmm. So I worked with my coordinator and was able to get a mannequin and we actually put the dress on a mannequin at the reception (gasps) next to like some pictures of my husband and I, and like just one of those typical tables that you might have your guest book or something on. So it was able, I felt like that I still kind of was using the dress Mm -hmm. and able to let people look it over it all without necessarily having to pull it around the reception. Yeah. So that's something that even, especially for brides, if they have this just gorgeous dress that they don't want to wear all night, I think it's honestly a really good idea to just talk to your venue or your coordinator or kind of whoever is decorating and just see if that's an option. Yeah. That is the coolest idea. You're like a trendsetter. Oh my goodness. And also I think of these like 
mermaid gowns that they're totally fitted to the bride. And I've had brides who are like, I don't even need to sit down. I just want it to yes. look amazing. Okay. So that it's like, well, then <laughs> they're not going to eat. But then it's like, okay, if they have a way to display it at the reception and then they can be Absolutely. having fun in this fun dress. Oh, that is the coolest idea. Exactly. I wish I thought of that. Well, you know what? Like I'm always planning like a vow renewal or something like one of these days I'm going to have this whole like second wedding experience. Experience. My husband doesn't know about it yet, but it's happening. <laughs> okay. Well, we're definitely going to have you back. Cause I, even as we're talking, I'm like, Oh, we need to talk about this and this, I have this list going in my mind, <laughs> but just for today's episode, uh, mm -hmm. based on kind of what we already talked about, can you leave us with one final piece of advice? Well, not final. It'll be your first of your final pieces of advice <laughs> that you'll yeah. give to our listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. So really, honestly, I feel like all of this just sums up the most with just being comfortable. First off, being comfortable with your seamstress. Um, if you take your dress somewhere and you're just really, if you're up all night, you're scared that they're going to mess up. You're not sure they're experienced enough. Don't be afraid to go back and say, you know what? I'm really sorry. I'm, you know, I, I'm not comfortable. I'm going to take my dress elsewhere. Even mm -hmm. if, you know, they require a little bit of a fee, it's so worth it to know that your dress is in professional hands, to know whether that's your in-house seamstress at your bridal boutique, whether that's a partner or whether that is an outside, you know, bridal alterations boutique. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that you're comfortable, first off with your seamstress, as well as just, feeling like your questions are answered. I always tell all of my brides, ask the questions. If you're not sure, even if it sounds like the stupidest question ever, <laughs> and I have the same questions, you know, that get asked almost every appointment and that's okay. I would prefer, and I really feel like any really good seamstress prefers you ask those questions yes. than to go home and to have nightmares about your dress, you know, ask yeah. How are you going to move that lace up on the dress? What are you going to do with my beads? Mm -hmm. How do you take it in? Why is this little weird wrinkle laying the way <laughs> it is? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, first off, again, it gives you comfort, but then also it just helps you engage with your seamstress. It helps your seamstress to know what's important to you because mm -hmm. we do have different brides. We have those brides that say, I want this dress to be like a second skin on me. I will have other brides who say, I want this literally as loose as possible because I'm going to get down. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it helps you first off to kind of be comfortable. It also helps your seamstress to be comfortable and to help you more. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just comfort with your actual dress. I promise, promise, promise you that we can tell if you're uncomfortable in your dress, yeah. <laughs> um, whether that means you've made it too tight, whether that means it's falling off of you, um, whether that means your spanks are just so constricting mm -hmm. that you really can't hardly like fill your feet. Um, <laughs> it's all about comfort, you know, and, yes. and really, I actually was even talking with a photographer recently and she said, that's the number one thing she notices for brides is comfort. Wow. She can actually tell when the bride is wearing those spanks that make her super uncomfortable. She can tell when the bride feels like that the dress is falling down. Um, tailoring is just so important. You know, I really stress it to mm -hmm. all my brides because if you're not comfortable in your dress, it, it shows, you know, yes. it's kind of a surprise to me to talk with this photographer and for her to say, I can tell. Yes. I can really tell, you know, I try to talk mm -hmm. the girl into taking off the spanks on her wedding day after she's already got her dress fitted. <laughs> 
because I can tell she's uncomfortable. Yes. Um, so really just communication, getting yourself comfortable with your seamstress, getting comfortable with your dress, because it's so much better to have that little pooch that you might think is huge, but literally nobody else is going to notice. Yes. They're gonna say notice. that again. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. It's always <laughs> it's so the pooch. Oh my yes. goodness. That I'm so like, what are you talking about? Have... And then, oh, yes. Yep. That little <laughs> pooch that you think is huge. No one else is going to notice when the dress is perfectly tailored. It's just going to smooth right over it. Mm-hmm. Instead, everybody's going to be looking up at you in that grimace that the, yes. you think that those spanks, you know, are hiding the pooch, but you're, we can tell you're in pain. You're uncomfortable. <laughs> you're in um, pain. Oh no. <laughs> so overall, just the big picture is I always, always tell my girls when it comes to your dress, you should put it on, on your wedding day feel amazing and then forget about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's the sign that your dress is perfect. Mm -hmm. You should put it on that day, look in the mirror and feel fabulous and then forget you're even wearing this gorgeous gown. No pulling things up or adjusting straps Mm -hmm. or yes, exactly. Oh, you're like, seriously, this wealth of wisdom. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Ah, I love it. Well, thank you. I can't thank you enough. And so listeners, once we uh, finish this recording, we're going to come up with a list of all these other episodes we're going to do together. I'm so excited. excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Andra, so much. I can't wait till we chat again. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks, everyone.